Hey there, this is episode 18 of the Balance 5 podcast. Choose your next goal, financial security step number 10. Welcome to the Balance 5 podcast, where we talk about balancing intentional debt payoff, saving money, and actually living your life. I'm your host, Raylia, small business owner, wife, girl mom, nonprofit co founder, and money nerd. This is an audio version of the Balanced 5 blog, because I know how hard it is to find time to sit down and read literally anything. Instead, you can get quick bits of money knowledge on the go. I want to help you learn to control your money, instead of letting your money control you. Let's get started. The final step toward financial security varies from person to person. You can choose the next financial goal that you want to pursue after you have paid off debt, saved six months expenses in your emergency fund, and increased retirement contributions. Depending on your choice of the goal, you can accomplish multiple goals over the years. You can, and likely will, pursue more than one goal at a time. How you prioritize between those goals is up to you and your family, and it'll depend on what you really value. Now now that you're out of debt, you've got your emergency fund, and your retirement savings are bulked up, now's the time to loosen your budget if you can and want to, because these bigger goals will likely take years to accomplish. Your retirement contributions need to continue running in the background, so basically (laughs) forget that that money exists in your budget, but you can now save the money that was formerly spent on debt payments. Some suggestions for your next financial goals are increasing your emergency fund to 12 months expenses, which I recommend if you have a medically complex child. Uh, save for your children's college education, pay off your mortgage, max out retirement contributions, save up for a large purchase like a new vehicle, a down payment on a house, home improvements or repairs, a vacation, etc. Or to pursue financial independence. Um, If you don't know what financial independence is, go back and listen to episode one of the podcast where I go through the differences between financial independence and financial security. Basically, financial independence is a much bigger goal. Don't let this list overwhelm you, though. You can pick and choose your approach now, but don't expect to be able to do everything at once, unless you have tons of disposable income. Don't expect to do everything in in total though either like you're probably not going to be able to do everything on that list unless you are starting at like age 25 um you need to choose what's most important to you make a plan and get to work remember you can attack two or more financial goals at a time Making a plan and incorporating it into your budget will help keep you on track long-term, especially if you're working towards multiple goals. As I said, I would recommend that uh, special needs families choose 
a next goal of saving 12 months of expenses in their emergency fund. Um, you know, you know you're going to have out-of-pocket expenses for medications, visits, treatments, equipment, and therapies. There will be hospitalizations, sorry, hotel stays, and restaurant meals. There may come a time when one or both of the parents are unable to work due to their child's medical needs. All of that is scary, but if you are in this situation, you know it's a reality. Having a large emergency fund will help cushion the blow of any of these situations. Even if you have typically developing children or no children, increasing your emergency fund is a valid next financial goal. There are so many ways this money could come in handy and keep you out of debt. I recommend a larger emergency fund if you are a single-income household, whether one parent stays at home or you're a single parent. If your job situation isn't very stable, or if you have large assets, a house or vehicle, that may need significant repairs or replacement soon. Technically, your emergency fund isn't supposed to fund a new house, down payment, or repairs, but the money will come in handy. And you may need to tap into your emergency fund if you don't have enough saved up, you know, when your car dies or something catastrophic happens to your house. The nice thing about an emergency fund is that it can be used for a variety of purposes as long as you and your partner, if you have one, agree that this is an appropriate use of the money. Communication is key in these situations. Next up is saving for college. So in the show notes, I link to an article from Investopedia that lists estimates of future annual college costs. It is depressing, to say the least. My kids are two and six, and I am terrified of college expenses. It's important to remember that loans can be obtained for higher education, but not for your living expenses during retirement. So, if you have to choose between your kids' college education and your retirement, put your retirement first. Some ways to save for college educations um, go through a couple options now. A 529 plan is a tax advantage savings plan specifically for higher education costs. The earnings and distributions are tax-free as long as the funds are used for a qualified educational expense. The contributions are taxed before they go into the account, so they don't reduce your federal taxable income in the year that the contributions are made. State tax deductions may be available. It'll just depend on which state you live in. Um, But just so you know, if you were to invest the same amount into just a mutual fund in the stock market, the earnings and distributions could be taxed. So if you're assuming that your child child or children will go to college, uh, this is a cheaper way to save money tax-wise for that goal. There are limits on how much can be contributed each year, but it's pretty high. For 2021, it's $15,000. If the student doesn't use all of the funds, they can be transferred to another child, to the parent slash owner of the account for educational purposes, or to a 529 ABLE account for those with disabilities. 
So until I learned about a 529 ABLE account, I had never considered using a 529 account to save for my oldest daughter's future. I don't know if she'll be able to attend a traditional university, so I didn't want that money to be penalized. Rolling over to an ABLE account for her is the perfect solution. Again, my older daughter is the one that has multiple disabilities, so an ABLE account is an option for her. 529s can function in two ways. A college savings plan acts as a regular investment account. Each state administers its own 529 plan, and you can choose which state's plan you want to use, even if you don't live in that state. So you can research, you know, which ones are most advantageous for your situation. Prepaid tuition accounts are less common, and they allow you to pre-buy tuition at today's rate, locking in the lower rate. But you are gambling that your child is going to want to go to that school. Next up are Coverdells. A Coverdell Education Savings Account, ESA, is similar to a 529 plan. Contributions are not tax deductible and they grow tax deferred. There is a 10% penalty if the funds are not used for qualified education expenses. A Coverdell can be used to pay for K-12 expenses too, in addition to that college tuition. So if you have a kid in private school, this is a good option. The annual contribution is only $2,000 per recipient, though, so a much smaller limit. IRAs. Both traditional and Roth IRAs can be used to fund college expenses for the owner, spouse, or children before the owner reaches age 59 and a half. Usually, withdrawing from an IRA before you hit 59.5 results in a 10% penalty, but if the funds are used for college fees, that penalty is waived. The drawback to using your IRA to fund a college education for your child is that the money is not available for your retirement and it's not earning interest in the meantime, so while your kid is taking it out. I do not recommend using this method for funding college. If your child is earning income of some type, even from a parent-owned small business, they, or you as the parent, can contribute to their own IRA account that year. They could then use that money to pay for college, but your child does have to have earned income during the year the contribution is made. Okay, so this is usually where I'd insert a plug for one of my products with the fancy background music, but today I'm just going to tell you about an upcoming project I've been working on. Intentionally Debt-Free is a digital course that will walk you through the steps of paying off debt in a real-world way. It is not just money-focused, though. We'll dive into your motivations, your spending habits, and your money triggers. Approaching your finances with intention, especially when paying off debt, is the best way to implement long-lasting changes. If you want to learn more about Intentionally Debt-Free when it launches, make sure to get on the waitlist. Just go to balancedfi.com waitlist and sign up so you'll be the first to know when this great course actually launches. I'm also planning to offer a founding member discount to 10 people. So that'll be a 50% discount for a smaller initial class. 
and all you have to do is give me your feedback and possibly a testimonial in exchange. That's a deal you just can't refuse if you're still in debt right now. The next option for a final goal is to pay off your mortgage. Yes, paying off your mortgage is usually a huge goal. It will take a long, long time, probably. It will take continued focus. The biggest benefit of paying off your mortgage early is the huge amount of cash it will free up each month in your budget. And you'll save a ton in interest, too. That extra money will make your retirement easier when the time comes. The simplest way to pay off your mortgage early is to pay an additional amount each month. This will reduce the outstanding balance each month, the principal, and so less interest accumulates on that smaller balance, and therefore you will pay less interest over time. So basically, I would recommend paying a little extra each month versus saving up that those small amounts each month and making a big lump sum payment at the end of the year. It's been a better interest expense-wise if you make multiple small payments. If you are following my method for saving for recurrent expenses, which I cover in the Bill Balancing Bootcamp, go to balancedfi.com bbb if you're interested in that course. It's only $27. You are already putting aside a portion of your mortgage cost from each paycheck. If your mortgage processor will accept bi-weekly payments, take advantage of that. Making a payment every two weeks turns into 26 payments per year. So that is basically the same as making 13 payments per year instead of 12. Therefore, you are making an extra payment each year. And it's just part of your regular budget. Another method to get rid of your mortgage is a refinance, depending on the interest rates available. If you can reduce your interest rate by at least 1%, refinancing may be a good option. You can also look at decreasing the loan term. A 15-year mortgage will likely have a higher monthly payment, but it's obviously a significantly faster payoff plan than a 30-year mortgage. And usually 15-year mortgages have lower interest rates too. NerdWallet has an easy-to-use early mortgage payoff calculator, which will be linked in the show notes, that'll give you an idea of how much extra you have to pay each month to hit your target payoff date. It's important to remember that paying your mortgage off in 15 years instead of 30 years doesn't require doubling your monthly payment because of the interest. When I use the calculator, paying off my mortgage in 15 years would only take an extra $600 a month versus the 30-year mortgage, and our payment is more than 600 So you're not doubling your payment to get it, rid of it in 15 years. Uh, next up is maxing out retirement savings. If you are behind on retirement savings and have a higher income, maxing out your retirement contributions is a possible financial goal. Using the table in the blog post, which is linked in the show notes, you can review your budget and determine if the monthly necessary contribution is feasible. I am a big believer in saving as much for retirement as possible, but starting to save early can help you avoid the need to max out your annual retirement contributions. According to online calculators like uh, Dave Ramsey's RIQ, 
Uh, it's linked in the show notes. My husband and I are on track to have enough saved for retirement, even though we've never saved 15% of our income, as suggested. Starting to save early is the key there. An additional financial goal is to save for large purchases. You are going to need a replacement vehicle one day, unless you have great public transportation available. You'll probably want to take a vacation or remodel your house one day. If you're still renting, you may want to buy a house down the road so that you will need a down payment for that purchase. And these are all potential financial goals for your next step. Don't make too many big saving goals at once so that you can focus on and make progress towards your current goals. Spreading yourself and your money too thinly will dilute your efforts. This is also an area that you need to practice balance in. You can't do all the things at once. Focus on one or two large goals at a time, and maybe you can work on a smaller goal, like a vacation. Finding balance. Dave Ramsey advocates for paying cash for all vehicle purchases and home improvements. And that's a great goal, although possibly unrealistic in a lot of situations. He recommends driving a cheap beater car until you can save enough to buy a slightly less sketchy mode of transportation. Uh, The plan is to continue to upgrade little by little, saving for the next vehicle constantly, basically. I agree that a vehicle purchase or home improvement is not usually an immediate necessity, but there are exceptions. In my family, we took on additional debt to remodel our home to make it wheelchair accessible for my daughter. While we could have paid off our other debts and then saved for a remodel, it would have taken at least five years to get enough money. By that time, I won't physically be able to carry her into the house, so we needed a wheelchair ramp. When I was pregnant with my second child, I couldn't carry my oldest at all. Like She was too big. I was too pregnant. I've had injuries that have prevented me from safely transporting her in my arms, So that extra debt to make our home accessible has been well worth it to my family. We will also need to purchase a wheelchair accessible vehicle in the next year or two when my daughter moves to a larger, heavier wheelchair. While a vehicle is expensive, a ramp or lift makes it extra costly. There's literally no way to pay down our debt and save that huge amount in this amount of time, so we will have to get another vehicle loan. My husband and I both put our daughter's safety and comfort before arbitrary financial rules. That's not to say that you should justify taking on additional debt for everything, but there are exceptions to these rules. Finally, pursuing financial independence. So I talked about financial independence versus financial security in episode one. I still think security is a more reasonable goal than independence for a lot of people. If you are lucky and dedicated enough to reach financial security, then financial independence isn't that much of a stretch anymore. To recap, financial independence is having enough money in investments of some sort to pay for your living expenses indefinitely without working unless you want to. There are a lot of resources to help you figure out how much to save and invest to get to financial independence. There will be some links in the show notes. Uh, 
There's a large community online of like-minded individuals who share their journeys and provide inspiration. FIRE is another option. That stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. The retire early part requires more intensity and an earlier start than just financial independence. You can craft your journey to meet your needs, your goal, and your family. Achieving your next financial goals will be a long process, so make sure that your budget allows you to make progress on your goals and live your life. Be reasonable, but enjoy yourself. And that's it. Let's recap the main points. Some suggestions for your next financial goal are saving 12 months of expenses, especially if you have a child or other family member with complex needs, saving for your children's college, paying off your mortgage, maxing out your retirement savings, saving for other large purchases, and pursuing financial independence. Of course, you can pursue a few different goals depending on your monthly income and your personal situation at the same time. What should you do next? Post on your Facebook or Instagram stories and tell us what your goal for step 10 would be. Tag Balanced FI so we can celebrate your steps towards financial security with you. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoy the Balanced FI podcast, I'd be so grateful if you left us a review on iTunes or told a friend. As always, you can head to Balanced fi.com to connect with me and stay in touch. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter at Balanced FI. Until next time, stay intentional and look for balance.